Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey Listen Gamescast. This is episode 39. I'm your host, Jeffrey Morris, and joining me are my two wonderful co-hosts, all three of us, back together in the flesh. Rob Douglas, how's it going? Pretty good. Nice to be back and have all of us together once again. It's been a couple weeks. Yes, it has. We're all back together, and it feels so grand. We've we've uh, we've all been chatting together in our our message group, and um, we've been we've been looking forward to this one. So we got a really fun episode for you guys, and uh, I know Nathan here is excited to uh, talk a little bit more about Zelda and how much of a Mass Effect fan he is. Yat, hiya. Pew pew. What sounds are they making Mass Effect? Uh, Pew Pew works. Okay, cool. <laughs> Any game with a uh, space. I don't think we're allowed to uh, to u- make the sounds the Mass Effect Andromeda makes without kicking up our rating. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, goodness. Sure. Yeah, um, we're going to keep this a family-friendly show, folks, but uh, we, we'll definitely <laughs> be talking a little bit more about Mass Effect Andromeda and just kind of the uh, reviews that hit, what was it, yesterday, I think? Yeah, they came out yesterday. Yeah, they all came out yesterday. Yeah, it came out the day before. Uh, Today is officially Mass Effect Andromeda launch day, so if uh, you picked it up and are enjoying it, um, shout out to you. (laughs) Tell us what you think, because neither of us have played it. None of us have played it, right? Yeah. uh, No one on the show here has played it. I know uh, Kyle Anthony, a good friend on Twitter, he's uh, he said he was picking it up today, and he'd let us know his impressions, so... uh, Interested to hear what he thinks. I know he's a really big Mass Effect fan. Uh, I actually did a Mass Effect three like video review back in like 2012 with him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, yeah, me and him go way back. But uh, we really liked Mass Effect three, you know, other than the ending and stuff. So I, I trust his opinion. On I have it pre-ordered, um, but because of some weird thing with my card, it's not getting here till Thursday. So I will have played it hopefully by the next show, but this show sadly. It's Rob, you insane. obviously don't pre-order very much. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, you know the, the the whole point of pre-ordering is supposed to you know get the game you know right when it comes out to secure your copy. Yeah, day. I know. <laughs> it's just like I don't know what happened. It just kind of sent it sent me this email. I did it through Amazon, and they sent me an email on Sunday saying, "Hey, your card's not working." And I went on and checked, and it's like, <laughs> and so I, I went and checked my card, and I fixed it, and then it's like. Oh, by the way, so now that you have ordered it officially on Sunday, it won't get here till Thursday. Oh, yeah. that's so sad. So they didn't put my order through until Sunday. It's yeah, like, what? I paid all this money. I tried to pre-order it, so I would, yeah, whatever. So I, it'll get here Thursday. Right now I'm kind of nice. at, at the point where I'm kind of glad I didn't pre-order it. Like, just with buying the Switch and Zelda and stuff, I'm like, okay, like I'm going to have to you know, wait in a couple of games not get that. And then now kind of seeing... Uh, basically, a lot of the reviews are kind of around a seven or eight. I think it's kind of hovering around a seven point four average, like on Metacritic right now. Um, and basically, that the main complaints are there's some kind of like glitches, just weird animations, facial animations. Yeah, aren't those, great. those have been well documented. Yeah, and then um, apparently the writing just isn't isn't quite as good as a lot of Mass Effect fans were kind of hoping. Just kind of maybe boring dialogue and just I think the voice cast. Um, some of the writing isn't necessarily bad, but some of the lines are just kind of delivered in maybe not the best way that yeah. um, could could have been delivered. So um, I don't know. It's it's a little mixed. We, we put it out on Twitter uh, yesterday, and we actually got a lot of responses from it. Of And it seems kind of like the general gist of things is it's kind of getting kind of a negative cloud above it. You know, 7 to 8 is not bad. Like I've No, that's not a bad score. And I think it was really interesting. I saw the statistic that reviews are ranging from around even a 9, 9.5, all the way down to like a 5, 5.5. So there's it's a really mixed reception. Some people obviously probably have a little bit of bias or tainted rose yeah. glasses um, looking and playing this game. But there's a really big um, kind of just difference of what people are thinking of it. So... Well, and probably the best review I saw out there, I mean, as far as, like, a good opinion on what is happening with this game, is that it is a great game if it came out around the time of Mass Effect 1 or 2, as far as mm-hmm. storytelling. And so, it's a, they were saying it's still a good space opera type of game, it's still a good, uh, you know, game, it's just more along the lines of, like, Mass Effect 1 necessarily... level. Than than a than a newer game, game series. Yeah, for. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. really interesting so. because uh, 
the team that made it is not the team that made Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, right? It's a completely different mm-hmm. team at BioWare. It's kind of like their B team, I guess. Yeah, kind there's of still, there's still, I think there's still some crossover, but not nearly as much as probably should have been. Yeah. Yeah. So, But it's interesting to hear that it sounds like it would be a really good game back in 2007, 2008, 2009, when they do have a new team on it that I guess maybe isn't as experienced, but you'd think they might be more in touch with the times but yeah yeah the, the the thing that i've been thinking about a lot is like this game was announced you know uh, a while ago you know people have been talking about the next mass effect game ever since mass effect 3 came out and mm-hmm. you know byro has been dropping hints forever and um they haven't really shown they didn't really show a ton of footage until you know end of last year when it was supposed to come out and stuff and it got you know a couple delays and um i just feel like it didn't really get um, they didn't really kind of deliver on kind of like their pre-release marketing and stuff like, you know, just kind of holding back a lot of footage and all these delays and like Zelda got delayed, you know, for yeah. years. And yeah. when it finally came out, it's like, okay, I see what got delayed. I'm glad they took their time, but it's kind of disappointing <clears throat> to me to see a game get delayed and see, you know, it's been made for like five years and for it to finally come out and it's just kind of eh, like yeah and i think we should have maybe seen it coming a little bit like you said yeah like they didn't show anything at e3 last year the first time we technically saw the game was at that ps4 pro conference sony held yeah, and yeah. you just saw like 30 seconds of someone running or whatever it was so they mm-hmm. didn't show as much as a lot of other games um and maybe that was because they were scrambling trying to finish everything off and they knew it wasn't yeah. going to be look as good as uh, some of the other stuff it's competing against. I think glitches and like performance problems are not necessarily a downside because I mean there's been a lot of games, particularly recently. You know, deadlines come up, you have to crank out a game, you shove it out, and there's going to be glitches. I mean, every game is going to have something that's Zelda. a little off, <laughs> except for Zelda. Although there have been some glitches that have popped oh, yeah, up. There, there's some there's, 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 a, there's, a few there's some things. there's some things that have popped up, and I mean, obviously you're just going to get that anyways, game wise, and yeah. just wear and tear on your disc. But the one thing I think is kind of inexcusable is the boring story uh mass effect andromeda has had several years to write this story and you know sometimes in production hell essentially story can be sort of shoved aside and then you just put out what you had at the beginning and you don't you haven't really edited it or changed it much and so i think story (laughs) yes exactly i think story should be more focused sometimes and it sounds like mass effect has a decent story but it could have been better so rob you're the only one of us who have pre-order the game who's buying the game for sure um yeah. what is what are these scores um the feedback that's coming out how does this make you feel about the game um does it like kill your hype levels at all are you just, it kills like, it a little bit i mean honestly you always if you see reviews for a game that you have pre-ordered and it's not as good as you would expect you can you get a little bit of a i think i've lowered my expectations quite a bit if yeah. I could sum it up as anything, I've lowered my expectations. It's still, like you guys said, 7 or 8 is still a good, decently rated game. Yeah. I, and I've enjoyed tons I, of games that have been have rated 7 or you know, 8 yeah. out of 10. Yeah, yeah, and I think I'll still enjoy the game. I just, in, if I, I think if I lower my expectations going into it, I'll actually be genuinely surprised. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. No, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good that's a good. Um, I, think, I think most people outside of, you know, pretty hardcore Mass Effect fans or the pre-order crowd... Um, are kind of looking since you know kind of all this stuff has hit the web uh kind of like the the wait and see camp i know that i'm kind of in that was i mean i was already planning to do that but i'll probably pick it up towards the end of the year when it hits you know that ea flash sale for 20 bucks and i know there's a lot of other people on twitter who are kind of saying similar like you know i I was kind of excited but i might wait you know a month or maybe towards the end of the year and wait for them to you know put some patches or updates out maybe make it a little bit smoother so i don't know I, i i wanted to make sure i wasn't just like jaded like you know i'm a guy who plays video games a lot so i actually showed some footage of the game to uh, my wife you know who doesn't really play uh, a ton of you know big rpg games and like so what do you think of these animations and these facial animations she's like oh it looks terrible i'm like okay so it's not just me like she you know someone else you know kind of thinks you know doesn't look that great too and i've i even watched some some gameplay footage of horizon some other games and they look like they had you know really good job with their animations and i think that's kind of the unfortunate part of it too like when they delayed it it's now coming out right by uh, within a month of near horizon and mm-hmm. zelda so we have these three like amazing open world you know uh big 
3D adventure games and Mass Effect isn't quite up to par as the other one, so it's going to be, you know, treated a little bit more critically, I guess. So, it's a it's a hard audience to shoot to yeah. ship a game in right now, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but I know most of the Mass Effect fans will probably like. I have one friend who I used to play Mass Effect three multiplayer with all the time, and he uh, he's loving it so far. He said the story is fun. He's experiencing all the different emotions, and you know he he's hmm. he's really enjoying it. So uh, I'm sure people will still enjoy it. Uh, just maybe it's not the the game of the year like maybe a lot of people wanted it to be. So yeah, I would agree with that. So yeah, moving on, we got actually a couple other announcements and uh, news pieces that came out this week. Um, if you are an Android user, Mario Run <laughs> is finally coming to Android. Uh, <laughs> and it's coming uh, two days on Thursday. March 23rd? Um, March 23rd. Uh, Mario Run's finally coming out. And they're also doing a little update. They're adding, like, new Yoshi skin, like, colors to the character. Which, I guess, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to poo-poo it. But Nintendo keeps adding, like, skins and different colored characters, like, into their games and act like it's a new character and, like... People don't get really excited for that Nintendo. Like, I don't want Silver Mario and Gold Mario and Cat Mario and Pink Peach like in Mario Kart. Like, give me, give me Diddy Kong and Petey Piranha and like real new characters. Like, I don't care yeah. about the recolored. Oh, that's you know, funny. It's a, it's a fine as a bonus, but you know, I, I'd rather have you know Fatso, Aguario, and Waluigi's characters. That'd be awesome. Um, so, yeah, if you're Android, as long you can as it's not that. the Wii Fit lady. Oh, dude, Wii Fit Trainer and Mario Kart? I would so, <laughs> so play Wii Fit Trainer. Gosh. Be <laughs> horrible. Uh, but, uh, awesome. yeah, I don't know. Do you think? Do you guys think that people are still hyped for Mario Run? Like, are Android think... users even going to buy it? Like, have they been waiting for this day, or is it kind of the I'm sure show? there's a there's a group of people who have been waiting who will pick it up and buy it and have fun with it. But I think all the hype and all the whatever upset people about having to pay for it like that'll be doubled on android because there's so much like pirating and stuff like that on oh, the google yeah, play true. store so mm-hmm. it won't be as big as it was well and it even sure. it's coming out uh three months four yeah, months was, after like the middle of december yeah so it's like yeah so it's coming out way after the apple hype essentially um and it was basically announced this last week and it's coming out this week i mean less than a week before it comes out they say oh by the way it's coming out it doesn't yeah. feel like even uh I nintendo's mean, excited nice, about honestly. it like they didn't spend a ton of time like trying to hype it like a month before or anything like that they're just kind of like hey it's coming out next week um i appreciate that especially since it's already out on apple and stuff like that uh, okay, i don't know so i have an iphone actually... so i guess i haven't been waiting uh, to, to I play think, this I game. think what Rob is trying to say is like when they first got announced like iPhone it was at a iPhone major press conference where they unveiled all this stuff and it was this huge event yeah it and it came huge. out you know pr- like a couple weeks after that well this is like oh here you go like it's coming out in a week like whatever no one cares kind of thing <laughs> yeah it doesn't feel like even the developers are really invested in it or just kind of like oh well I guess because Android people sort of are pirating it now we should probably just give them a legit version <laughs> so here you go well I don't know it's I'm interested Nintendo had that contract thing with Apple where Apple was doing a bunch of promotion for them with it yeah. as well so I wonder if any like they couldn't really announce it before um if that was written into the contract with Apple yeah, or something I don't like know. that it's- I'm could sure play into it as well stuff but i don't know we'll, we'll see we'll see how long uh it lasts at the top of the android stores i'm sure the first week it'll do well but yeah beyond that we'll see um so we are back into a new uh sonic cycle guys uh oh, <laughs> how long yeah. has it been now like they took like a two three year break or something yeah, like that i think sonic boom two years ago for the wii u was the last one oh. um and that was we won't talk about I that. I think one. we forgot that even existed. Cause... What's crazy about Sonic Boom is I actually picked up Sonic Lost World for the the Wii U uh, about two years ago, right when Sonic Boom was coming out. I got it for like seven bucks. I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll give it a shot. I played for like forty five minutes. I'm like, this is awful. I'm never playing this game again. <laughs> it's like my least favorite Wii U game. It's terrible. And I'm like, that one got decent to mediocre reviews, and Sonic Boom was like three out of ten. <laughs> like, I don't even want to know how bad Sonic Boom was. Yeah. Uh, but for those of you who don't know what the Sonic cycle is, every time a new Sonic game gets announced, everyone gets excited. We're like, oh, it's going to be back to the good old Sonic we love. It looks great. We get excited. We get hyped. It comes out. It's not really that good. We get sad. We get angry, upset. And then we are like that until a new Sonic game gets announced. And it's we go through the over five stages. We get excited. And 
So for for some reason this always happens, and uh, they announced that Sonic Mania is being delayed till this summer. That's the traditional that, 2D that is, one, yes. right? It looks like a Sega yeah. Genesis game. Yeah, like, it looks. Yeah, like, it looks incredible. Yeah, I really really like the art style. Like, but that not... might be just getting on the hype train again. Well, yeah, but it, it's not two point five D like you know they tried doing. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. It's like full blown. Looks like a Sega Genesis game, and so it was originally coming spring. It's pushed back to summer. Um, they haven't announced the price yet, but in my opinion, I think it looks great. And they announced it has a flying battery zone, which was my favorite world from Sonic and Knuckles, and has like amazing like sixteen bit music. So I might just pick up the game just for that world alone. Like, <laughs> I don't even care. Um, so that looks good, and it is coming to Switch. I think that'd be a fun game to have portable. Um, but then they did officially announce the other new Sonic game um, called Sonic Forces, and it's pretty much just Sonic Generations 2. And so this was... Did they announce, like, side-scrolling levels and stuff too then? They, they basically said there will be a classic Sonic and there will be a modern Sonic, just like Sonic Generations. So you'll basically oh. will play, like, mm. 3D Sonic Adventures-type style levels, and then you'll also play the same world in, like, a 2D classic I Sonic. I didn't realize that. I just watched that, like, gameplay reveal trailer, which... It only it just showed, showed the, the 3D, 3D one, yeah. right? And I was like, oh, this kind of just looks like a normal 3D Sonic game. It, yeah, they basically only showed the yeah. 3D part, but it, they said it's pretty much a Sonic Generations 2. Cool. Um, and I know that one was kind of hit or miss with some fans. I really enjoyed the first, like, two hours of it when I was, like, replaying, like, the old, like, Sega Genesis and, like, maybe Sonic Adventure 2 levels. But then it, it had, like, half the game devoted to, like, Sonic Unleashed and Sonic 06. I'm like, I don't want to relive <laughs> these games. No. So are they remaking games again, or are they just doing it in that I think style? It, where I think it's, it's new. I think so it's new, but it's three half 3D, half exactly. 2D. Exactly. Like, I think it's That's the same cool. style where ha- the levels will have a 3D version and a 2D Sonic version. And I think it's going to be kind of like new levels, though. So. Okay. That's good. I, I mean, I'm sure they'll probably throw in some classic throwback levels but i think they're they're using the same gameplay but trying to do some new stuff with it um and they said they're you know going to be pulling some stuff from i think sonic colors and some of the other successful recent sonic games so cool i don't know well we'll we'll give you more information as as it comes out but uh i don't know let us know on twitter (coughs) at hey listen underscore games um are you falling victim to the sonic cycle again are you getting excited for any of these two games or have you learned your lesson and never again will buy a sonic game let us know (laughs) the only thing i've ever enjoyed in sonic is the chows and sonic what is it oh sonic adventure one two? and two had yes. two had the really oh the, man the, you like, spent way too much time right. trying to take care of those I, I you never got into it but did you rob but like i remember the rest of us I, I remember watching nathan play it for a long time <laughs> i remember Ro- uh, i remember Tulu. good friend of my child the show, was rob and I. I still remember its name <laughs> I remember a good friend of the show, Robert, and I making fun of Nathan for playing just that part of Sonic. <laughs> that was the only fun part. It was, it was a really good like pet simulator. Like, uh, There's a lot of fans of that. For some reason, they haven't touched it in so long. I'm like, That's like the one part of Sonic Adventure people actually like. Like, Come on. Um, but anyways. Um, Genre switch. The, yeah, the, the last uh, kind of news pieces here. Um, the Pokemon company is apparently hiring someone for a new Pokemon game. Um, so they didn't confirm it was a new Pokemon game. They said it was a classic franchise recognizable around the world, <laughs> creating monsters and like characters and stuff like that. So it's basically a Pokemon game, but they didn't come out and say it. So it's either Pokemon or Tembo the Badass Elephant, right? Yes, that is the <laughs> classic worldwide known game. <laughs> so, but yeah, but... This almost confirm, hopefully, might confirm that that Pokemon Stars, uh, port or whatever it is, might become the Switch. Just HD. I mean, I, I know they like pretty much all but confirmed. You know, they're working on a new yeah. Pokemon game for probably the Switch. But imagine like how much the internet would have freaked out. They said hiring for new Pokemon for Nintendo Switch. Like, ah, ah, like people would have yes. like flipped their lid even yes, more. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Um. So that's good. I mean, it makes sense. If you put Pokemon on the Switch, like that thing is going to sell, like how it's going to be sold out all over again, even if it comes out, you know, a year or two from now. Like it's, yeah, that will definitely be a huge system seller. So, um, yeah, I think it's smart. So hopefully we'll hear more about that soon. Um, I don't know if it'd be this year's E3. I'd probably think maybe next year, but there was a rumor um, before the Switch came out that Pokemon, Mario, and Zelda were all going to be out within the first year. So, dude, that would be insane. Mario and Zelda are already there. Yep. So, so we'll see. Um, 
Two more um, game kind of announcements that we have for some smaller games. Uh, Bloodstained, which is a basically Castlevania spiritual successor made by one of the original creators. Um, it had a very successful Kickstarter, and they announced, kind of like Ukulele, that the Wii U version is canceled, and it is coming to Switch. Um, and so it's coming to all platforms, and now the Nintendo Switch. So if you uh, back that game, you can get it for the Switch or any other version, or get your refund. Um, I actually thought it was funny because the press release that the guy released said <laughs> that originally when we announced the game, like the Wii was at the height of its popularity and uh, it was no longer the same case. So we're having to move it to the Switch. I'm like, wait, did you announce this back in 2012? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think the height of the I Wii U mean, popularity when it was when it was still uh, Project Cafe or whatever that <laughs> yeah, the name like, did the Wii was. Really, did the Wii U really have a height of its popularity? Yeah, exactly. It sort of was uh, flatlined. Is, it, is it too soon to be making a, a Wii U rest in peace jokes? I don't, know. Uh, I don't know. We did have a funeral for it, so we I think we can make all the Wii U rest <laughs> in peace jokes we can. Yes. All, right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. My Wii U is still sitting under my TV. So, when's the last time you turned it on? Um, yeah, that's why we thought. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to, to my defense, I turned on uh, my Wii U last weekend. We played some Smash, uh, which was good. So, um, Wii U's are still good for something. Smash Bros. Right? Smash Bros. That's pretty. Yeah, much it. Pretty and then much. E3 they'll announce a new one. And Mario Kart, Mario Kart, until we get a new Mario Kart yeah. game. Yeah, it comes out next month though. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then month. the last piece of news we actually posted on Twitter. Um, Disney out of nowhere um, announced a like NES Disney like classic games bundle. I think it's called like the Adventure Afternoon Pack or something. Disney and, uh, Afternoon Collection. Yeah, Afternoon Collection. That's what it was. Um, which I like the name. I think it's great. Um, but it's basically bundling all the Capcom NES like Disney games that were actually really well made. Like it was made by the same people who made Mega Man and stuff. Um, oh so yeah. So the Ducktales games, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, um, all those um, games kind of bundled in one collection. And here's the real kicker. Coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Not Nintendo Switch or Wii U. Or Where is or the anything. Switch? <laughs> um, which I just thought was baffling, especially since Capcom is supposedly a big partner for the Switch. Like They're putting Street Fighter 2 out, and they're they're kind of well, hinting at putting out maybe Resident Evil and maybe some other big games. You know, and what's the so. what's the very first word in the the bundle? N E S. I'm pretty sure that's not an Xbox or PlayStation yeah, exclusive I mean, console. It's it's odd that <laughs> we're seeing kind of recollections of these old like Nintendo games, and they're not coming out on Nintendo systems. I mean. Rare Replay was one thing, because Rare's been bought by Microsoft, yeah. so, you know, mm-hmm. Banjo-Kazooie technically can't be on Nintendo system anymore. But, um, I know Capcom did this before with the Mega Man Legacy Collection. They put it on the 3DS, but for some reason it never came out on the Wii U. Like, it was a console game that didn't come out on the current Nintendo console, and they even did that, I think, back with PS2. Like, they made a Mega Man Collection back for PS2. It was never on GameCube or anything. Yeah. So It reminds it's me weird. when that, uh, like, Star Wars PS4 came out a couple years ago with the Star Wars Battlefront. Oh, yeah. And you could get, oh, yeah. like, the SNES Star Wars game, I think. Super Star couple, Wars. Yeah, yeah, some of the other ones. But it was only available Is, um, on PS4. Are any of these games on the NES Classic? Um, no. No, I don't think they got They're the not. licensing for Mega Man 2 is the only Capcom game that launches with it. Um, obviously, there's ways to add more games to your NES Classic, mm-hmm. so you, you can put those games on if you... If you uh, work around it but yeah i mean it's it's odd i mean and none of those games came to a virtual console either for wii or wii u or anything like uh just the Mega Man ones you, you can't really download any of those disney ones so very odd hopefully you know there's a switch version that comes out later but yeah. it just seems kind of weird it's coming out april 18th which is you know less than a month and not coming for nintendo so maybe nintendo is still mad that they didn't let them put them on the virtual console and <laughs> you didn't want to do it then you can't do it now yeah i don't know yeah weird. so hopefully this comes to switch um get some nintendo love on that one because these yeah, are all nintendo classic it does games. like we've talked about before on the show it seems like the switch kind of was rushed to market and so maybe nintendo is just a little bit late on some of their partnerships and stuff like that's that. that's true and maybe like, it'll be it or, was just already so far in development that they're like well we're going to release it for these other three and then we'll get back to you well, guys well, eventually let me, let me go a little conspiracy theories there on oh oh these are <laughs> nes games that capcom is releasing on current systems mm-hmm. keep in mind does the switch have any nes games on it right now 
No. Zero. There's no virtual console. They don't have Super Nintendo. No old classic Nintendo games. Neo Geo put out a couple games randomly, but other than that, like there's no classic way to play, you know, old Nintendo games. If this came mm-hmm. out, it would be a way to do that. Nintendo doesn't want to be beaten at its own game and have its first <laughs> virtual console games be these Disney games. Um, as much as I love some of those games, like it's no Super Mario Bros. or Mario Bros. Three, you know, and the list goes yeah. on. So I think maybe Nintendo said, hey, you know, once after we do virtual console, and we have you know our Mario and all those out. Um, you can put this collection out. I don't know. I guess that seems. I can see that. I mean, am I that crazy? crazy? No, it it makes sense when you explain the logic. Especially with how little games are out right now. Like they want. That's true. The second old Nintendo games pop in there, people are going to buy them, and they want people to spend that twenty, thirty bucks on their (laughs) games. Not you can't release any games until we do the virtual console. So there will be no games until like September. I don't know. I mean. Surely Nintendo wasn't planning on not having Virtual Console at launch. Like it was something that oh, probably yeah. had to get delayed at yeah. a certain point. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully it comes soon. But interesting. With Let's... GameCube, launch it with GameCube, and that would oh be awesome. Oh my gosh, people would. Yes, would please. <laughs> there uh, was that uh, the Japanese uh, Children of Mana. Did you see that thing on Twitter this week? Oh yeah, it's like a remake with like three players or something. Um, I don't no, know, weird. It's like a there was a second and third game i think that only released in japan and i think those three games were shown as they were like being worked on for switch and someone was playing it on a switch and stuff like that i didn't look into the details because i don't really care about any of those games and have never played them (laughs) but there was something that happened with that that people were freaking out about so if you want to know more about that go look it up (laughs) sorry (laughs) there's something this has been your news (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. Well, I think we are ready to move on to our main segment. I know we kind of had a lot of news and we wanted to talk some aspect. Um, but what we really want to talk about, uh, Rob and I were kind of having this discussion um, in our messaging group uh, uh, last week, and we thought it would make an interesting debate for the show. We just kind of want to have a debate about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and it's just Zelda in general. Is it an RPG or is it an adventure? So, uh, Nathan, I know you're not really on one side or the other. I'm in the adventure camp, and I know Rob's in the RPG camp. So maybe you can kind of, like, moderate sure, this discussion. Sure, Okay, so I think, first off, we need to kind of define what each different category is. So yeah. what would you say are some common RPG elements? What what makes an RPG game an RPG? So if you kind of – if you start looking them up, and there's a lot of different opinions because, like – if you look at the very definition of a role-playing game, it is you are playing the role of a fictional character, which is literally every single video game <laughs> in the history of video games. Yes. So you can't really go off of that one. But like RPGs in general have consistent elements of um, they normally have essential quests that runs as kind of a storyline, and they'll have quests off the side of that. You are typically there's leveling up or character customization or you are collecting armor or items to boost your character's abilities to a certain extent, as well as they focus heavy on tactical combat, although there are some different subgenres of RPGs that have different styles of combat, and as well as they're very exploration and reward heavy. Yeah, for, for me, I, I think, when I think RPG, I don't think um, exploration. I think more wandering down a path, fighting with other, whatever enemies pop in my way. But I feel like it, they're usually very linear, and you have to kind of go a certain direction and talk to certain people in each town to kind of progress. And the main thing that makes me think RPG is two things. It's experience, experience points, and grinding to get said experience points. Those are the two things that I usually run into in RPGs. And that's kind of almost the reason why I'm not a super big RPG fan. Just growing up, mm-hmm. and I had friends who were playing Final Fantasy, or, you know, I've, I've tried playing Earthbound and other games. Like, I literally get to points where I get to boss fights where it's practically impossible for me to defeat that encounter because I haven't leveled up and gotten enough experience points. So I have to go fight random bad guys, heal, fight random bad guys, heal. Keep going until I level up enough times where I just have the enough damage to be able to defeat the boss and keep progressing down the world. So that's what I think of when I think of an RPG, like experience points and then a lot of usually grinding to you know, rank up your experience points. Okay, mm. cool. 
that those both of those sound like good definitions obviously there's <laughs> open world rpgs as well that kind of have come about more recently um, yeah with the rise of so many open world games etc all right so then what are some common adventure elements of an adventure game i'm going to start with you jeff since you're yeah. arguing that's all an adventure I, I think adventure games um especially nowadays adventure games have give you the ability to tackle um whether it's missions or quests or whatever your objective is tackle objectives in your own way using your own uh, combat or stealth or um, you know kind of lets you decide your own gameplay and how you want to play the game and there's lots of combat but there's also exploration of areas and it depends if it's an open world game or if it's more linear like level based games but adventure games really it just doesn't really give you a very long tutorial you just kind of jump in run wherever and you just kind of go you know, have an adventure. You see something, you go and have fun and just, you know, do whatever, whether it's combat okay, or cool. exploring. Do you have any examples besides Zelda of other games that would be like an adventure game? Yeah. I, I think back to a lot of the 3D platformers like Banjo-Kazooie, I think Mario 64, a lot of those kind of are like old school kind of adventure games. Nowadays, when I think of adventure games, I think of like, I think the Infamous series, I think that would be an adventure game, you know, action adventure I also think of uh, kind of like Assassin's Creed is kind of like a stealth action adventure game. And so, like, there can be different elements where it's more stealth-based or platform-based or just action-based. But um, adventure games can be pretty broad, I I will say. Sure, sure. Yeah, every game is either Ratchet and Clank, that's another great. That's an adventure game. Uh It just involves a lot of um, shooting and a little bit of platforming. Don't you level up in Ratchet and Clank? You do level up your weapons. Oh. And yes, you do. You do get your HP up. Which is a role playing. There is no grinding in that game, though. No grinding. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Rob, what's an adventure game? So I'm going to mess with you a little bit here, Jeff, because actually I think you just defined two different genres there. Okay. So uh, if you look at the actual definition of an adventure game, adventure games are solving puzzles by interacting with people in the environment that involves absolutely no combat examples of an adventure game would be mist telltale <laughs> mist game, not an adventure game. <laughs> no no based off of the adventure games definition on a bunch of different websites that i was looking at earlier today adventure games are defined by solving puzzles without combat or violent solutions so you could which say is like would, all puzzle games telltales. are adventure games yes yes exactly well, Mist is okay, a point but and a click lot of adventure. people say that like Uncharted is an adventure game, yeah, and yeah. all these different games different that have element. combat. What would you categorize them as? So here's the difference. So adventure is just puzzles and interacting with people, and it's that very simplistic like Mist, Telltale, or Lucas Arts. Yeah. But action adventure is more like the Tomb Raider, the uncharted series like they are they mix the problem solving and puzzles with you know the kind of the action like reflex actions and that sort of things and you could do it in either violent or non-violent ways and so i think adventure i think one of the problems is adventure the genre is a really broad category well i I think i think by that we can say Every Zelda game can be defined as an adventure. action adventure because yeah, exactly. you walk around, you do solve puzzles like your adventure definition, <laughs> but you definitely do lots of actions into fighting enemies and running around action. And you know, I, I think I, I think when I say agree. adventure game, that's what I usually think of as an okay. action adventure game like Uncharted or Zelda or you know those other ones I listed. All right, so I then, completely agree. Rob, I think. Oh, go ahead. I think all Zelda games are action-adventure except for Breath of the Wild. Okay. Why (laughs) is Breath of the Wild not an action-adventure? So the main reason why I think that is is the the loot and crafting and the item collection. Because one of the role-playing RPG-type elements is finding gear, finding new gear, finding better swords, finding better armor, Mm. building up your class, essentially in that sense... And so while you don't necessarily have the traditional level system, 
in Zelda, what you do find is that there are bosses that are harder to beat unless you have better equipment. So you have to find better equipment or get higher leveled equipment in order to beat bosses. I think that's the main reason, that's the main, like, the fine line that makes an RPG versus adventure action okay, game. Okay, what about Skyward Sword where you have to level up your equipment as you go and collect different things to level up that equipment, etc., and you get better equipment throughout the game as you progress. Yeah, like you upgrade, like, yeah. shields. And I would say that is RPG elements. And Has I'll it? actually add this. Um, RPGs are mostly tactical, like, you know, you think RPGs, you think, like, top-down, like, 1% time or, like, Final Fantasy-type combat. Like you get to kind of plan out your combat rather yeah. than... Yeah, but there is... There is actually a category of RPG, which is called Adventure RPG, which is, in essence, action and collecting weapons and stuff. So, so many I'm, different subcategories. There's so yes. many subcategories, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. Okay. Jeff, what do you think about what Rob just said? Um, I think he is right that every Zelda is action-adventure, including Breath of the Wild, even though it does have some RPG elements. But I think it's not an RPG because it really gets back to what the heart of the original NES Zelda was, which was an action-adventure game. There wasn't really a lot of RPG elements back then. Like, if you compare the original Legend of Zelda to, you know, let's say the original Final Fantasy or Star Tropics, like, they're very different games. Um, and in, in that way, you can go any direction. You can choose to fight whatever enemies you would like to. You can do you know, challenges like dungeons and bosses in any order. You can find different items. Um, you don't need most of the set items to complete the game, but there are hidden secrets um, for you to discover and explore, and there isn't, it isn't really any upgrading or anything really in the original, which I know that is in Skyward, or not Skyward, um, there is upgrading, um, you know, weapons and armor and stuff in Breath of the Wild, but that's not really the point. The point isn't to hold on to your sword and your gear and keep upgrading it and try to get your gear as good as you can. It's just about finding, oh, sweet, this guy dropped this soldier's claymore. I'm going to whack a couple people around with it. It's going to break, you know, after a few uses. And who cares? Like, it's gone. I'm going to go adventure and try to find something else. And you're getting kind of rewarded with new things that are exciting and fun to use rather than just you know grinding or trying to get your character the, enough experience to be able to do things and you know you can do the bosses and the challenges in breath of the wild in any order you want on day one when i picked up breath of the wild uh you know on that friday i went straight to ganon's castle and i defeated one of the bosses in the castle and got an awesome reward for it and all these amazing weapons and I had four hearts, and I had the starting gear of one armor each. So you can you can really do anything you want in that game. I even fought mm -hmm. some of the. I mean, I won't go into spoilers, but I fought the final, you know, kind of Ganon type encounter, and I got like eighty percent of the way through it. And then I'm like, yeah, I'll come back to this later. I could probably try it and you know beat it, but I'll come back to it later. So it's just cool. You have total freedom. Cool. I think... two points on that. Okay, go ahead, Rob. So, as far as, like, the items and stuff is concerned, when I think action-adventure game, kind of the typical Zelda-style game is, like, Ocarina of Time. You, got, you, you did get new equipment as you went, but there was only a set amount of equipment in the game, and it didn't break necessarily, and you didn't lose them. You know, there were things that you just had by the end of the game, and so you had that set amount of equipment. Are you still using the starting sword in Breath of the Wild? No. Are you still wearing the same armor you started in? No. But you didn't do so, that in any of the Zelda games. But, like, I think that's the fact that you can just replace all of it, you know, you can sell any of your items, that sort of thing, that makes it more role-playing elements. And the second point I want to make, role-playing mm -hmm. games in general are actually probably heavier on the exploration and seeking new things out and just going wherever you want to than most adventure games. Because when you think about role-playing games, they're based in tabletop games like Dungeons & Dragons, where mm -hmm. you ha you might have a quest, but you might just be like, screw the quest, I'm going to go do whatever I want, and like go face this big baddie over here because I can, and I might be level one, but I'm going to go fight this person. So it's almost the exact same style of exploration-based 
just finding cool stuff and trying it. Yeah, and I'm aware, you know, it's it's got a lot of elements similar to, you know, you could say Skyrim or Dark Souls mm-hmm. or some of those, you know, modern RPGs. But the thing that Zelda does different that's so great is it's so accessible and it's easy to pick up and learn. And it's the combat is easy, but it's also kind of hard to master. But you can pretty much, like I said, kind of like do anything from the start of the game. And it doesn't hold your hand. It's very difficult and it has a... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the original Zelda games, you know, were very linear. It would block off parts of the game by saying, oh, you have to get the hook shot to get up there. You have to you know, learn this song before you can go over there. And in Breath of the Wild, you just kind of get your tools, and it's just kind of like a playground. You just go, and you can mm-hmm. do whatever you want. And uh, I really like how it doesn't have really any tutorial. Like, you know, the last couple of Zelda games have been kind of notorious for having these long, you know, two, three-hour tutorials of chatty characters talking to you and, you can play the entire game without talking, with I think only talking to one character the entire game. Like you can pretty much not have any dialogue uh, with anyone. So I think it's great that it doesn't force you to do that. Whenever I try to get in any RPGs, I'm spending like the first two hours of the games just talking to like all these people and just mashing A to go through these giant walls of dialogue. And I feel like RPGs are very, very dialogue heavy. And Zelda's just like, nope, we're not going to. You worry about that we're gonna let you experience your own story just get out there and have a fun adventure so, and i think that i think that it depends on the rpg um because obviously there are a lot of rpgs what, that are very dialogue RPG that stuff. doesn't really focus on story then and doesn't give you a lot of background in the beginning of the game well all rpgs focus on story that's the very definition of an rpg <laughs> but zelda doesn't really focus on the story i mean yes there's yeah, but there is a main story, story. But... You and you can choose whether to do that or not, which you can do on most. It. You can do most games or most RPGs. You can ignore the story or not. Do you just say you can beat it without beating the main story? No, I said you can beat like the game. Like there's basically thirteen different like segmented story pieces, and there's four different main dungeons that have big story pieces connected to it. But like I said, I went straight to Gain's Castle. I could have beaten the game right there if I wanted to. I don't know. <laughs> like what I think what I think of an RPG, it's like, oh, have you, you know, gotten to this boss at the end of this area? Okay, have you, you know, talked to this person in this town? Like everyone has kind of done the same exact thing in an RPG. Um, you know, maybe you solved it slightly differently. Like in Mass Effect you have different choices, I guess, but I feel like you're still kind of falling down the same linear progression and people are talking to you all throughout that progress with Zelda Breath of the Wild, it's that they throw all that out the window. <laughs> but Breath they... of the Wild is one of the first Zelda, well, not the first, but one of the few Zelda games to do quest lines. And it's like the first one mm-hmm. to have it really organized by different kinds of quests, like yeah, side quests, main quests, um, shrine, quest. shrine quests that you can get as well. Um, and Never it really is laid out in a menu before. and stuff like that. Um, Majora's Mask kind of had that with the um, diary and notebook and stuff like that. That. I can never get that stupid number. Those kids were such brats. <laughs> were kids pretty bratty. Were. You had to you had to be good at hide and seek. Yeah. So it took some work. But yeah, but it's it's the first one that really laid it out much more like an RPG mm-hmm. than any other game. So Lots well, of and I think kind of stuff. one of the things you said a few minutes ago is that it lets you go pretty much wherever you want to versus like some of the other Zelda games that are a little bit more closed off. Mm-hmm. Um whether or not you think it's an RPG or not, I think that automatically puts it in a different category than just the normal Zelda game. Because the fact that you can oh, just yeah, sure. you can go and beat the main boss right away, that obviously says that it's not like any normal linear Zelda game, which most Zelda games are fairly linear hey, to a certain extent. Over enough amazing. time, we've all seen like the 20 minute run, right? He yeah. skipped a bunch of content. Glitch, glitches, not real. Glitches <laughs> don't count. And I was thinking about an RPG that um, doesn't really drop you into, like, heavy, heavy story right away. Dragon's uh, Dogma. The first thing you do is you fight a dragon. I mean, pretty much right off the bat, you're fighting giant creatures and a dragon. So I think there are certain RPGs that do just drop you right into the story or into the action, essentially. But It was actually funny. One of my... Or friend of the show, Troy, he uh, sent me a message uh, this week, and I didn't end up watching because I didn't want spoilers. But he said, "Dude, you gotta check this out. This is crazy." And he sent me a speed run on YouTube 
of someone beating Zelda Breath of the Wild, any percentage, and I think it was like 40, 44 minutes, uh, less wow. than an hour. Some, someone was That's able incredible. to go and beat that game, which I think is just crazy because you know if you think of any other zelda game you know without glitches you know just beating the game in a normal progression takes you know at least like 20 hours usually so um i'm talking like 3d zeldas so it's pretty pretty crazy that you know nintendo really was true to the word and just kind of opened up this game and you can just kind of make the story whatever you want and you know i talked last week that's one of my favorite things about this game is just talking about it with nathan and other people who have played this game and just everyone's had their own adventure and it's been so exciting to talk about the different discoveries we've made while um back when Skyward sword came out we talked you know we enjoyed the game but it was like oh have you have you reached this temple yet like here, what did you think of this part while now i'm like dude you need to check out this and it's like what i never knew you could do that like it's just so cool people are discovering so many different things and it's so open yeah rob do you have anything or well i was gonna ask jeff a question yeah. okay go ahead so Nintendo, when they first were creating the game and they were talking about the genre for it, they called it an open-air adventure. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? I think that describes the game perfectly. Like <laughs> that Even the name Breath of the Wild, like open-air, it just really showed that they were focusing on it being wide open. And like even like the music in the game is a totally different direction. It's, it's not like melodies like every other Zelda, like, you know, this is the song in this area, this is the song when you do this. Like... It's just kind of ambient, just little piano jingles and kind of blends in with the environmental rains and sounds. And it's just a breath of fresh air, if, if I may say. <laughs> okay. I think I, after hearing that, that definition, especially when Nintendo first said it, we kind of rolled our eyes and was like, it's a, obviously an open world game. But I think after playing the game, I think understanding what Nintendo was getting at is the fact that verticality is such an important part of Breath of the Wild and climbing oh, yeah. mountains and using the glider and stuff like that. All that is much more prevalent than in other open world games that we've played where, you know, you maybe you could climb to the top of mountains, but it wasn't as easy as it is, say, in Breath of the Wild. And you didn't necessarily... It was more like, like spend, platforming. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Skyrim, you're like just kind of like mashing this one button to try and get up the side of the mountain or whatever it is. Um, oh, Skyrim and climbing So mountains. I think... It was kind of an important <laughs> distinction to talk about how important verticality is to Breath of the Wild compared to yeah, other open yeah. world games. And, and I think of other open world games like, you know, Prototype or Infamous, which you know gave you a lot of powers and freedom and you can kinda, of, you know, tackle things in your own way. But those games weren't rewarding. Like you could go up and it was either to get to a high building you had to follow a set path. You know, I know Infamous did that a lot with using different powers to get to a certain point. Well, in Zelda, like, I'm amazed every time I log into Twitter, I feel like someone else has posted a video of a cool way to defeat a shrine or mm -hmm. you know, something awesome. And that, there's this amazing video that's floating around Twitter right now. I think I think we may have retweeted it on our channel, but yeah, uh, was a guardian fighting a stone talus. This was a wild encounter of these two beasts fighting each other. Just uh, the things like that that are possible and happen in this game. And IGN even posted, you know, 100 different things that may surprise you that can happen in breath of the wild like just all these like little cool details in the game just you know it makes makes you want to keep coming back and you feel like you're making new discoveries every time while like on most rpgs when i play them i feel like i'm the same character and you know while i'm learning new abilities i might get new party members it still feels like i'm pretty much progressing and kind of doing the the same thing just with different enemies over and over I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not an RPG expert. I won't claim to be one. <laughs> and I know I, I've tried playing a few Final Fantasy games for just a few minutes, and I just I can't get into them. Even Earthbound, I, I couldn't get more than three or four hours into that game. And <laughs> people love that game. So I don't know. I, I think, think... Go ahead, Rob. So, like, with the open-air adventure, I would add a little bit, because I think it is different. It's not quite it's not it's definitely not the same as any of the other zelda games even skyward sword with the item leveling i think it's completely different than that i think it has a lot of rpg elements and i believe it is probably the best way to put it would be an open air adventure rpg which is <laughs> a stupid long name <laughs> I think... and so i think if anything what this might expose more of um this discussion is how bad our genres are well and especially how bad are subgenres of genres you know five years kind of every single game borrows from each other yeah and mm -hmm. so even shooter 
uh, hardcore shooters and stuff like that have a lot of technically RPG elements as you level up yeah. and get better guns and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's no really... There are some for very hardcore people, but games are less and less defined by narrow um, kind of views and uh, genres and stuff like that. And they're mixing more and more and more. Well, and I think one of the funny things, I saw this earlier, I was watching a video and they were saying, you know, what's really interesting is that both Portal and Call of Duty are technically first-person shooters. Yes. Because it's from the first-person perspective and you are shooting a gun. And it's like, well, that's really... That doesn't work at all, and so I think I think we really should maybe you know for another show we'll redefine our genres. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. so many like almost every single game has skill trees now. Yeah, and, and everything is doing like the the item like the Zelda thing with their items isn't necessarily new. A lot of games are doing that. Like uh, Grand Theft Auto Five even has it with their guns. You can get so many different guns all over the map, and you can customize your character and all. And we can all pretty much agree that's not really a great example of an RPG. Yeah, and so. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, we we've said it before, you know. Uh, RPG elements are kind of in everywhere, and you know, RPG games mm-hmm. are, you know, barring lots of things from action adventure. I mean, you look at just the difference between Mass Effect One and like Mass Effect Three. Like that Mass Effect One was way more RPG heavy, and the third one is a lot more action adventure heavy, just with you know lots of different aspects of the game. So Zelda does have you know all these different RPG elements. Yeah. And um, I don't think anyone's denying that, but when I still think of it, I think of it as an action adventure because the focus isn't on a story like an RPG um, usually is. Like when people talk about RPGs, they don't talk about the amazing like gameplay. Usually it's like, oh, this RPG, oh, I love that story. Do you remember when this happened in my favorite RPG so, game? While with Zelda, I mean, I haven't beaten the game yet, but I feel like the things that I'm talking about and will talk about for the next couple of years will be just the experience and just the adventure and just, you know, the fun things in the gameplay so um i think think that's the biggest differentiator for me but you know i'm glad that they have kind of found these different little rpg like elements and have kind of woven them into the game but still kept Mm -hmm. it um the core you know zelda action adventure so i yeah that that's what i think so cool thanks yeah guys have anything else to add or we want to move on here I think I'm going to stick with my definition, action or uh, adventure RPG. Open air action adventure RPG. Open air adventure <laughs> action. <laughs> well, in, in the culture All that the we currently live in, I'm just going to say, both of you are right. No one's wrong. Yeah. And, but really. You can label yourself whatever <laughs> exactly. you want. Exactly. You can label what, yourself whatever I you mean, want. I mean, not just being like culturally uh, tolerant. Exactly. No, but I, I think as we talked about, all games are kind of blending together, and I, I don't think either of you are necessarily wrong or right. So, I think they're more defined by their art style and what what are they trying to present. Like Zelda's trying to present this very open air game, like this game where you're you can go wherever you want and do kind of whatever you want, and it's a very aesthetic feel. And I think that's probably a better way to define it than see that mountain go go to the mountain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I think is why Nintendo really struggled to define it in the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I think it's because Nintendo's never made a game that was ever yeah. close to being this it's open. very an undefined game. Yes. I remember Nathan, you texted me that after like one or two days of the game. You're like, I still can't believe Nintendo made this game. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that wraps up about our conversation on Zelda. Let us know on Twitter. What do you think? Um, does uh, how would you define Zelda? Do you find it as adventure, RPG, something else? Do you use 25 different syllables like Rob? You know, uh, <laughs> anything goes. Um, so as always, we like to leave you with what we're playing this week. Um, uh, obviously, uh, I've still been playing a little more Zelda. I actually slowed down a little bit this week. I was about to start kind of the next main dungeon area and I kind of <laughs> said, nope, I'm going to go explore more. And I just kind of head off in the opposite <laughs> direction. And I, I, I found some amazing things. Like I, I'm still being amazed by these awesome rewards that I'm seeing. So, nice. um, that's cool. So I, I, I've been doing that. And then I uh, did play a little bit more Bomberman R. I did finish the story mode. Um, uh, the final boss fight was a little anticlimactic. wasn't anything cool. Sad. <laughs> Which how, how long did it take expected. you to play through the story mode? Uh, like, all together, would it, you It's estimate? not long. I think there's five or six worlds, and each one probably takes about 20, 30 minutes. Okay. So, so um, like I, two, I, was playing on, I was playing on beginner um, just because it requires an insane amount of in-game currency to continue on normal or hard, oh, okay. which is just kind of a weird design flaw in my yeah. opinion. But uh, 
Um, once you do that, you do get unlocked characters to buy and stuff. But I think they were planning on putting in microtransactions, but they just got rid of it or didn't do it for whatever reason because it is so stingy with giving you in-game currency to buy characters and stuff, but you can't, like, buy loot boxes or, <laughs> you know, pay real money to get in-game money. So it's kind of interesting, but um, they did put it up to mm-hmm. so the online works a little bit better. Um, but the only other game really I played this week was uh, Tearaway. Uh, I think it's Tearaway Unfolded. It's the free PS Plus game. Um, have either you, either you guys tried it? I have not. My PS Plus ran out, and okay. I haven't. I just ordered a replacement card, but I haven't renewed it yet. So yeah, I haven't renewed mine either. So well, if you do have PS Plus out there, definitely check it out. I'd say it's one of the you know few games on PS Plus where you definitely want to make sure you download it if you just play it later. Um, I actually tried playing with my wife because you know she's a little more of a casual gamer, and I had her play through the first forty-five minutes or so, and um, she was she was entertained enough by it to play for forty-five minutes and liked it. Then she kind of passed it off to me, and it's pretty much just a linear kind of um, like platformer, almost kind of adventure game where you're pretty much just this little paper character and you're kind of wandering through the world. And I didn't know, but it actually uses the PlayStation camera if you have one. Oh, <laughs> really? So it like kept showing shots of like my living room and stuff. And it was kind of like, whoa, uh, I'm on the screen all of a sudden. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it's not based around it, but it just kind of is in there as a bonus, I yeah. think. So that, that was kind of cool. But it kind of reminded me um, of Yoshi Woolly World almost. Like it's kind of got a very mm. unique kind of crafty aesthetic. Yeah. Um, rather than being There's yarn, a lot of like paper. paper. Yeah. Well, oh, well, it's called Paper Jam. I guess. Well, yeah, a tearaway. Oh, so tearaway. Sorry. It literally looks like all little pieces of paper are just kind of yeah. like teared out in little shapes and are used to make trees and grass. And um, So the art style is really cool. It looks crisp. looks great on the PS4. Um, you just kind of slowly, like I just learned how to jump. Like, <laughs> nice. But you can walk around, shine your light. So, um, yeah, check it out. It, it's not as good as Yoshi Woolly World, and it's kind of one big long level rather than, you know, yeah. actual different segmented levels with different themes. So. Um, is yeah, it made like, by the guys who made Little Big Planet? It is, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I could, I can okay. see that. It's, it's, it is. Yeah. Um, can... I played a demo of it on Vita, and it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. Um, were the controls better? Because I know the Vita had like the weird back touchpad to like yeah, do different. It, it does use like a little that. bit of the motion. Okay. Um, the intro makes you play with motion, but don't give up after the intro. The intro is like five minutes long. After that, you do gain control, and you can just move with the stick. And then, oh, okay, cool. Um, there's a mechanic where you have to shine your light on certain items uh, in the game, and you just hold on the right trigger, and it kind of uses the gyro sensor and the dual shock. Uh, but it works fine. Like uh, we didn't have any issues cool. with that, so I think the controls are better than a Vita version. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's a cute little game. It's a little chatty at first, but it's it's fun, and I'll probably go back to it at at some point. It's it's worth checking out for sure. So nice, sweet. What about you, Rep? Uh, so I've been kind of working through the scene library again. Uh, Anomaly 2 was one of the games I played. It's like an RTS game meets tower defense. But instead of, like, most tower defenses games, you're setting up your defenses and someone's attacking you. But this is, like, the RTS elements come in because it's an offensive tower defense. Like, you are the guys trying to attack the base, not defend it. Yeah. So... That was kind of cool. It was. It wasn't super. It was kind of hard to get into, and it wasn't as. It was. I played it for probably two or three hours, so it's kind of like, oh, that was fun, but I'm gonna move on. You played it for um, two or three hours. You must have at least somewhat <laughs> enjoyed it. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was a little slow, so it was yeah. hard to like. The missions took a little bit longer than I thought they might, and so it wasn't like a. Because my goal is to play at least twenty minutes of every game, and yeah. so I only played about three missions. And that took two to three hours. Oh, wow. So it so, seems like Agatha Christie is still your favorite Steam game in your A to Z playthrough so far. Is this true? So far. So far. That is, I mean, obviously I still have like a lot left. And <laughs> also I played, ago, I know, but and there's also um, Age of Empires 2 and 3 that I played in there. And Age of Empires 2 will always be my favorite game. Those don't count. Game. You had already played those but, before. But I've already played those, so I yeah. can't count so them. I, so I think when we, um, when we check in with you, Rob, we're going to, uh, every week... We're going to check in and see, you know, if any of the new games you play in your A to Z playthrough have dethroned the current new game that's at the top. So right now it's Agatha Christie. If anything is to dethrone it, you got to let us know and we'll update it. And the next week we'll ask you if anything has beaten that. So we can officially decide what your best favorite new game of the year in Steam is. <laughs> oh, discussion, yeah. So. Um, and... I probably won't get as much done this next week. Um, I've been playing this one, Avedon, The Black Fortress. It's by a small company called Spiderweb Software. Um, he started putting out games, RPG games, 
back in the uh, 90s. And I remember playing them back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I played through some of his games. And then he started re-releasing them as, like, updated isometric-style RPG games. They were really fun. And then he did this spinoff series, a new series, called Avedon. And so I've been playing through that one. I'm not really... I can't... I haven't really been able to get into it super much. So we'll see how long I play it. I've tried to play it a couple of times before this, so... But I'm going to keep playing it. We'll see. But, but also with Mass Effect coming out this week, those might be the only two yeah, games I played. Make sure week. you uh, won't make it far. Yeah. Nice. Um, the last one I played through, um, I got the pre-order of uh, Yooka-Laylee, and so I picked up the nice. toy box on PS4. So I spent Feel good one on, the, on the DualShock? Actually, it wasn't as smooth as it was on computer. I found really? uh, like, like playing it on Steam on my brother's just the controls, just the controls, like not necessarily like the gameplay or anything like that, but just like the sensitivity of your jump. I think oh, okay. like the jump and trying to land on a platform, particularly, I felt like I was a lot better on this on Steam using an Xbox controller, an old Xbox controller that my brother had plugged in, versus using my PS4 DualShock. So it was just oh. kind of like, it was, a, it was a little bit less, it was a little bit more sensitive yeah. on the PS4. Wow. Like, almost too sensitive. I, I, I kept going into the menus and trying to turn the sensitivity down, and you yeah. can't do that in the well, demo. Hopefully, so yeah, Hopefully in the actual game, game you can... Yeah. I hope so, because I loved, like I I loved it. I the gameplay. I, I love the Xbox 360 gamepad. It's one of my favorite controllers, and I would. Yeah. I would probably prefer playing most three platformers with a 360 controller, definitely over the DualShock. Oh, or, oh yeah. Continue. Impressions. Gameplay wise, awesome. Humor, hilarious. And this is only the toy box. I mean, you only yeah. there's like a hundred quills to collect, and then you get a uh, pagey, and then it gives you like there's like uh, I don't know if I can spoil this, but there's a secret at the end that you can get, and it says Ooh. in the game there's a secret. So if you beat this toy box, there's a secret in the game that you can find. I'm like, oh, oh that's sweet, really cool. That's nice. Well, like, that's, awesome. that's really like cool. It. That's kind of a yeah. worthwhile like thing to play through, and yeah. it was just kind of it was kind of a challenge, you know, just playing through it, and it was kind of like one of those things where it doesn't save. It doesn't track your progress, so if you turn it off, you have to start all over. So I played through it, and it was fun. I actually nice. really enjoyed it, and I'm really That's looking awesome. forward to the game now. Wow, you are pre-ordering left and right. You I mean, these are the only... I told myself at the start of the year I'd pre-order two games this year, yooka <laughs> not... and Mass Effect Andromeda. You can't pre-order anything else. Uh, I like it when games actually give you a reward for pre-ordering, though, like giving you this toy box and stuff like that. Yeah, That's that nice. Cool. Yeah. Like, of just like, pre-ordering Mass Effect, I think there's some things that in games for five minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that I think is, yeah, that's really nice. aspects doing is there's something in game, but I'm, yeah, or I'm like the Zelda DLC. I'm still waiting for that uh, backer email from uh, the ukulele team, Platonic, of when it's hitting the switch because I know we're getting close to April getting, 11th, so yeah. no, no I don't think it's going to come yeah. out till at least May, maybe, maybe last minute they'll be like, oh, it's coming out. April 11th or soon after. <laughs> that a week or two awesome. after. That would be awesome. Uh, th- there are plenty of digital releases so they can get out as soon as possible. Yeah. And they said physical will come probably later in the year. So hopefully, you know, once it's they get a run in and everything's fine, they can just push in the eShop, no problem. So we'll see. We will see. Nice. How about you, Nathan? Playing anything this week? Only Zelda. <laughs> I, like, literally. <laughs> There's nothing I was, wrong with that. I was trying to think. I haven't played anything else. Even I got Sniffer Clips. That game is really fun, and I bought it, and we played like the first world, and it was really fun. I haven't gone back and played it again since then. <laughs> um, well, doesn't help nothing wrong with that. Also likes playing Zelda. Yes, or that's your true. wife. Like, me, yeah, my wife. She, oh gosh, she was asking me. She's like, "Do you know how many hours you've played?" And I was like, "No, I haven't looked yet." She's like, "Okay, I'm gonna look when I get home." I was like, "Okay, but you have to look how many you've played too, because you got to be at least close to me." Um, well, like you'd both rather sit there and play and watch each other play Zelda than do snipper. Clips, yes, right? exactly. We'd both <laughs> rather just watch each other, each other play the others, the other game than play a multiplayer game together. It's so, funny. so it's so good. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's just there's so much to do in the game. It's so addicting. Like I've been waking up at like six. I usually I'm I'm not a morning person at all. I've been waking up about like six thirty, six forty five before work to start playing it's it morning Zelda. before I go to work. Nice. And I the actually was revealed. like fifteen minutes late to work today because I <laughs> looked down at my phone. I was like, oh crap! I have to stop. I have to go like finish getting ready for work and leave. Man. 
I mean, that game is the time suck. Like, time will fly yeah. when you get lost in yeah. Zelda. Um, what's been, like, your most recent favorite discovery, real quick? Um, gosh. Okay, so my most that. recent favorite discovery is I was, like, going towards around, like, uh, Death Mountain and stuff like that and kind of lava area. And I was like, oh, it's going to be hot, so let me cook these, uh, like, cool flowers that'll help me keep me cool. And I ate them, and I went in, and I was like, I'm on fire. What's wrong? These aren't working. And I kept trying to go, and I was like, okay, maybe I'll try and put, like, my ice sword on my back. Maybe that'll help keep me cool. Didn't do anything. Kept lighting on fire. Finally, after, like, five or six tries, I'm like, okay, I have to go. I obviously need something else to be able to go, so I, like was looking around on the tower, and I f- saw a stable, and I was like, uh, there's a shrine over there. I'll go do that. So I went, did the shrine, went down the stable, and talked to the lady, and she's like, oh, you must be going towards uh, Death Mountain. Uh, if you want, you need these fire lexers so that you don't burn up. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what... What are they called? <laughs> the fire. I think it's called, like, a fire lexer or something like that. It's like an outfit or what? No, it's basically a potion that you drink that keeps oh, you from burning like up while you're heading. Thing. Yeah, heat resistant. Gotcha. But I made a heat-resistant, like, um, dish of food that I thought would didn't work keep as well. me, and it didn't work. Like, gotcha. I still burned, so I don't know. It was great. So, cool. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Everything about Zelda is just fantastic. <laughs> no, it's, it's fun. I, uh, it, it's fun being in the, the desert area. I kind of went back to the Grudu area, and, like, it's so hot, and then all of a sudden, like, it'll just get super cold because I'll, like, be in a shady yeah. area, or, like, it'll turn nighttime, and I'll, I'll start freezing, so... It, I like how they added the elemental yeah. temperature of, changes. One of my favorite things is I was playing last night, and my wife was sitting there watching me, and I looked at my map, and she's like, your map looks completely different from my map. Like, <laughs> I went over here, and you went this way, and neither of us have been in the other area that wow. the other person yep. is playing. And so just the fact that that can happen is awesome. That's so cool. All right. Well, I think that about ends our show. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. We love interacting with you guys there. And uh, I know uh, – um, you can also find us on iTunes and listen to our podcast whenever you would like to if you have an Apple device, just like uh, Michael Clark did, a uh, fan of the show. He downloaded our, uh, downloaded our show and listened to it on his trip down to Mexico. So, uh, Michael, if you're listening, nice. so, hope your vacation is going well. And, uh, um, you know, if you enjoy the show, we, we'd love for you to, you know, tell a friend or leave us a review there on iTunes. And, um, you know, we'd love to get some more people in the chat here. Uh, thank you to Jaeger for tuning in live it's always fun uh, chatting with you and uh we'll leave you with the normandy reborn by jack wall from the mass effect 2 official soundtrack have a great week see ya